0: Jesus, thank you for that. Little brown bag in the van bonus. Lord, we pray that you'd uh, give us the ears to hear tonight, Lord. Pray that you would speak to me tonight, Lord. As we talk about a church that had fallen asleep, Lord, let it remind us. Let it warn us. We don't want to be like that. We want to be eyes wide open. Give us the ears to hear tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought I heard my voice over there. I was like, what's happening? Did anybody hear the brown bag in the van? couple of you you know we do this that little that? thing 12 30 on fridays a little devotional kind of gives through the week that? i blame it all on christina lemons you know why do you do thing, on fridays, because, because kind of during covid, COVID you know why? when we weren't able because during covid when we weren't able i hear something over here was it me me he okay good I'm not sure what's happening but if you're new here get used to it it happens all the time Okay. But you know what? Jesus is still on the throne. doesn't matter that our tech is a little janky. We love the Lord, right? Because there are so many testimonies around here. What happened when you say yes to Jesus and you surrender to him? That's kind of the point. So Don't miss the point by all the humor that you might hear tonight. And you might hear some janky technology. And you might hear a couple squirrel moments. You might even see a squirrel on the thing. You know, I moved to Wright City... Tw- He's cute, isn't he? But hopefully the, the squirrel moments you see are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when the uh, squirrel moments are inspired by the Holy Spirit, they're always good, right? Twenty years ago, we moved to Wright City. Uh, I really don't know why. I guess it was my pat-most moment. You know, we wanted to get away from people. Couldn't stand people anymore. Kind of funny how that worked out, isn't it? Moved to Wright City, and and I remember going into the the mobile unit where I bought my unit. I, I bought a home that you could actually see on the highway and visit, and you could have it transported from the place to the place I live, a mobile a mobile home. But again, I told you I took the wheels off, so it's not mobile anymore. It's very nice. Thank you, Jesus. But I remember going in, and we had to clear the land. You see, I, I bought it from this company that the, the property that they uh, – They came in and took all the good timber off. So we got a deal. So when we moved in, we had to clear the land. But there were several trees. I'm looking around going, well, that's a good-looking tree. Why didn't they take that one? Because it was dead even though it was standing, you see. Because when a storm came through in 2011, we'd been there for nine years. One of our favorite trees in the front yard, come to find out, it was hollow. There was nothing inside. It was just a visual, just a tree. But when a storm came through, we found out pretty quick what the tree was made of. Follow where I'm going? So it's kind of like this church, Sardis. They had the appearance of a really alive church, but Jesus called them dead. You're dead. We don't want to be like that. Are we alive in this church? Having fun? Telling people about Jesus? Not getting all wrapped up in religion and legalistic things, right? Who do we worship in this church? Okay. A risen Jesus? okay he's not on the cross anymore he's living in your heart right i love when new believers come to jesus the final thing we say is hey and we ask him before where's jesus oh well you know he he he's he's out there and he's in heaven see and and all that that's that's a good place okay well he's everywhere but okay we'll go with that but when they get saved when they open up their door to their heart i ask them where's jesus he's in my heart amen because in the new testament we are the throne. Our throne is the, the um, temple. Thank you. Quick story. Don't squirrel up there. It's okay. And we're going to get into this church. You know, an alive church tells people about what Christ has done for them. And a alive church doesn't get wrapped up in legalistic stuff and pointed at everybody, telling everybody else what they're doing wrong. Right? It just doesn't happen. Uh, so this fella, he was an atheist named John, and we befriended him, and we worked for him, and he had no interest in Jesus, only motorcycles. So I went out and bought a motorcycle just to cozy up to him. That's how I got into the whole thing, that and Connor. So I bought this Honda Hawk, and I, would, I took it over to John, my friend, and uh, Bear and I would go and, and visit with him and this and that, and he wanted nothing to do with Jesus until his storm came into his life, and he got afflicted with cancer the big C, and uh, we kept saying, man, Jesus, dude, you got to have Jesus, and he's, I'm not interested, I'm going, you see, I'm going to the Mayo Clinic in Chicago, and we're going to smoke weed, and we're going to run this cancer out, I was like, oh, well, I smoked weed all through the 80s and 90s, and never ran anything out in fact, I wouldn't go anywhere, I'd just go hide somewhere. But nevertheless, we kept ministering and loving on him, not condemning him, because God hadn't put him in position to hear the gospel yet. So finally, we're working. Wouldn't you know it? By providence, as he neared the end of his life, we were working uh, at a job, and his brother, a friend of his brother's, called me. And he said, John's having a really rough time. Can you come over and see him? I said, absolutely. We just happened to be working ten minutes away from him we were at his doorstep at his home in probably 15 minutes we said what's going on he goes man i don't want to go to hell (laughs) oh great you don't have to isn't that wonderful that's what we've been trying to tell you you don't have to there's no time but to go out and do a whole bunch of good stuff and he really wasn't that bad of a guy other than being a dirty rotten sinner He really wasn't that bad compared to a lot of you he was a flat saint but all have sinned all fall short of the glory of god No, there's not one righteous, not one. Well, you see, his brother was running buffer for him. I'm trying to try to get to John, kind of. And his brother was kind of running us off, kind of keeping us away. You know, the devil in them always hates the Jesus you. That's the way it works. He didn't know why he was trying to keep him from getting to the brother. But finally, I think Barry ran kind of a a post route, see, and uh, John headed for the deck. And then we were like, we're going with John. We went out with John. He said John, "You don't have to go to hell." He Explain the gospel. He never heard the guy. Go- he never heard the gospel. He had heard the gospel. Most people have. He never heard the gospel until that moment. And at the end of it, I asked him, "John, where is Jesus?" And he said this, and it stuck with me ever since. He's in my heart. Duh. I said, "You know what?" And he was gone a week later. Yeah, hallelujah. He graduated with his diploma. Thank you, Jesus. Got his presidential pardon from the king of all kings. Amen? That so was cool. But you know where's a worse C? Cancer sucks. Let's all just say cancer sucks. What if there's another C that's just as deadly? It's called complacency. So that's what's going on in this church. So turn to your Bible. I hope you have them. You guys, let me say it. And, and, and we wrestle with the fact that we come to this church week in, week out, week in, week out. But you know the cool thing? We do see some people changing. Praise God, hallelujah. We see mentorship going on, people reading the word, people, older ladies take, um, more mature ladies. How do? You, okay. Really work my way into a more mature ladies, taking younger ladies that aren't quite so mature in the Lord and mentoring them and loving on them and teaching them the word. Amen. That's what it's all about. But it sure gets frustrating when you come in week in and week out and week in and you see somebody that was once here just sliding. They're just complacent. It's, all it is is complacent. This book right here, and I believe in security of the believer. Amen. Nothing can pluck you out of his hand. Nothing. Right? No depth, no height, no, you know, all that. I still can't say it right. But nothing, however, we are warned throughout the New Testament. Don't quit. Do not quit. You can do a lot of things. You can screw it up, get off the path, been there, done that, look at your neighbor and said, I know I was there when you did it. But you don't quit. Though a righteous man falls, he gets up. He falls seven times, he gets up, and you keep going, right? You do not quit. This is a stern reminder for us, even in the New Testament, do not quit. Okay? We're no quitters in here, is there? Any quitters anywhere in here? Only the other churches, right? Just kidding. There are great churches around. I didn't say that. Just relax. Okay. The church of Sardis. And this is a naughty little church. They didn't have anything going on for them. You know, at least the other churches, they got a little accommodation. This church here. Wow. And there's a whole philosophy of the, these churches that we've been talking about being the church age from the, the Enlightenment. And, you know, not, we haven't gone into that. But I wanted to, we had talked about, let's make this a personal, for us, personally, application, individual and corporately as a church. And I did discover a nice little acronym that I made myself to remember the seven churches in order. Has anybody done that? Has anybody memorized them? We've read this thing for 30 years. And this is the first time I've ever... Here we go, you ready? Look at your neighbor and say, this is really going to be good. Here we go. Every single person that's saved possesses love come on that just happened right that was off it was holy ghost kid every single person that's saved possesses love come on man write that down because that way you can impress people and remember as you remember all the churches every single person that's saved possesses love that cool so we're on saved smart or uh, i tell me come on up here come on yeah come on up here I'll put you on the spot we can do this in Misfit Church you can do this every single I'll, I'll, I'll help you E E. F- write this down yeah. every single person that's saved possesses love every single person that's saved possesses love what's E it's got to be Ephesians F- Yes. Okay. What's P? Philippi. Okay. No. Okay. no. No. But I tell you one thing. She's got brass Okay. Yeah. She's new. Okay. Anybody else want to volunteer? Come on up here, Mel. Let's just get into Tammy. Thanks for being awesome. She ain't scared. You know the cool thing about being a new believer. Cool thing about being a new believer is like like when our kids used to wear Lynn shoes, like they'd be like a year old trying to wear Lynn shoes. She's only a size 6. It's really cute when a kid is trying to fit into the shoes that don't fit them. But it would really be embarrassing to be a 30-year-old Christian and not be able to, not that cute anymore. You see what I'm saying? People that have been reading the Bible 25, 30 years and don't know the basic doctrines of the Bible, that's part of the problem with the church. The power comes from the word. Faith can by hearing and hearing the word of God. Most people don't know the basic thing. It's okay. You've been a Christian for just a couple months, a few months now, and uh, you, you're you moving right along in Jesus' time. You're right on. You're, you're hungry. You're growing. You're, you're hanging out with good people. You're being mentored. You're right on time, right? Now, 10 years from now, just want to keep on growing, right? Write the letter, write this letter to the angel of the church of Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. Turn your Bible real quick to Isaiah 11, 2. I don't think I gave this to the. This is written 700 years before Jesus. Watch this. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance or make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. How about that? That's our Jesus. So this is the guy that's looking at you. I had a conversation with a friend of mine. He said, well, I had a buddy around, so I didn't do naughty things. I said, "Well, Jesus sees you all the time. All the time all those things happening right there he's the seventh spirit seven to be a sign of perfection he knows everything all through the first churches he said i know i know i know That's that's good but some of you are going i don't know if that's you know yeah he knows yeah yeah he knows yeah, but, yeah he knows yeah but, yeah, he knows. Yeah, but yeah, yes he knows but, yeah he knows so you might as well just straighten up fly right because he already knows anyway right speaking of straighten up fly right there's henson He's straightened up flying rider amen how many how many months how many months 21 months clean how love that that's awesome so he knows guys you guys like bowling you like bowling with the bumpers it's pretty cute when you're a kid isn't it how about if you've been bowling for 30 years and you still have bumper guards not that cute anymore right <laughs> Probably not your kid, <laughs> oh, right? To stay out of the gutter. How about that? How about we follow the spirit of the God? My God said in His Word, we will stay out of the gutter. Doesn't mean you won't crash in some, but He knows. He already knows. Seven stars. I know all the things you do. That you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. Kind of like that oak tree. all the things going to do, all the, just like that oak tree. That oak was a beautiful one. It was her favorite tree. It even had some little bit of fruit on it. It had some, uh, you know, whatever the things that oaks do. Yeah, I'm out of nature, guys, so I just right, go to Lynn, and she'll tell me. It had some of that on there. I mean, to us that didn't know much, it looked alive. Somebody that knew something could come by and say, that thing's dead and it's still standing. Jesus knows. He knows what you're doing at home. He knows if you're in the Word. He knows you're in high pursuit. And this isn't a guilt trip. Everybody just calm down. Look at your name and say, no guilt trip. But when you understand what the Lord did for you, and there's some really nefarious characters in there, you should be really grateful. Amen? It prompts you to want to get to know the person that felt you worthy of saving, even though you weren't worthy of saving. You want to get to know the person and just show them, man, i got to get to know this. Jesus, he saved me. And most of you guys have been on the other end of this finger. Have you not? You've been on the other end? You? Maybe not. You too? You too, buddy? Well, but when Jesus comes along and says, it is you. You're the one that I want. You. Yeah, but. Yep, yeah, but. You. I want you. When you do that, it makes you want to grow in the knowledge of Jesus, doesn't it? It compels you. Does it not? Thank you, Lynn. Lynn knew me. It still knows me. Wake up! Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I thought about this a couple different ways. I thought about this teaching series that I went to uh, in 2009, and at this time we were—I I made the mistake of mentoring 48 people at once. Right, it's an exaggeration, but I made this mistake of jumping in before—I I jumped into deep end. I was just getting into ministry just beginning to to really understand what David meant by teach sinners your ways. Amen? I really wanted to do that because I was beginning to get a grasp on this gospel and the fact that he saved me. I was just so excited. I had to share it with somebody. So why not pick 12 people right off the bat? Not really a great idea. It just wasn't. Because what was happening, I was coming home with it, and then I'd be up when they were up. and they were down, I'd be down. Then I would, you know, I think it's called codependency. I'm not sure. Man's unstable in all of his ways, tossed around like a wave, right? That was me. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. On Tuesday, when they're doing great, I'm doing great. Wednesday, when they're doing bad, I'm doing bad. And I remember listening to this series. It's a guy named Mike Brown out of Branson. And I don't remember anything else about the series, but I just remember this particular part. If a person that you're mentoring is high demand on you, but low desire to change, Hit bricks, I'm out. Whether they're offended or not, Jesus even said, "Wipe the dust off your feet." Hit bricks. Maybe somebody else would go to them, right? But I remember in that, the sweet spot, I was like, "Well, that's a bummer." that's pretty much every all, all my mentees. <laughs> There's nobody left, right? But if your demand, if your if your demand is high, and uh, if, if the demand is high and the desire to change is high. It's an, equal, it's an equal thing. You got energy. God will give you energy, right? Strength of what little remains. I think about people that I poured in, text messages I send that aren't returned. By the way, we say in this church, if that's you, you're high demand. If you're continually being text and there's no reciprocal, somebody's reaching out to you to say, I care about you, I miss you, I love you, where you've been, what's going on, can you have the courtesy to text them back? and just say, I'm doing all right, I need a little time, and I'm okay with that. We're adults, this isn't high school. Can I say that? I, I'm not doing it anymore. Because I'm not going to drag it on, and I don't, it, it, it's, some, some, now, relax, everybody just look. Just calm down. Is that, getting, is that getting sticky? You're stepping on some toes? Okay, because, because, we can't want it, and you can't want it more than they can. They do. You, you, you just, it'll wear you out. Boy, he's really hard today. It's just, it's, its because if Jesus comes back, and you're in that place, we'll talk about that in a minute. I mean, if he were to pop into your life, but we've already talked about, it, he already knows, so he is, did pop into your life when you said yes to him. But if you were physically, would he approve of some of the things that you're doing or not doing, or or would you find you in the flow? I'm just flowing in the spirit. It's great. Everything's cool. That's where we really want to be, because he could come in any minute, and we don't want to be ashamed at his coming, right? And th- okay, time out. Hit pause. There are seasons you go through. Maybe you're a little down. And maybe you don't feel like texting back or something, or calling back or checking in or coming to church, that's okay. That happens. Look at your neighbor and say, just calm down. That's okay. It happens. But if that's you six months later, <laughs> that's not really acceptable. Because when you're not in the body, then the body's limping because you're not part of it. You know, the body is not full because you're missing It's your position. And sometimes you can't come to church. Giovanna, you'd have probably scratched and clawed. You could not come. She watched online. Connie Tucker, another gal, she cannot come. But you know what? She wears you out with the polo. She's always texting. She's on the thing. I'm not talking about you guys, and I'm not even talking about the person to decide to take a little break. But there comes a point, you better get up and go. And Jesus is calling you out, saying, Wake up. It's time. Don't let your petty arguments or your problems or all of that stuff come between you and what God has you to do. You can't do it. It's You just can't do it. I'm pretty passionate about this because I've seen it happen in this ministry. I've been, I've been the guy that did that. Wow, I'm sleeping? How can you be sleeping while you're preaching? We're going to see about that in a minute. It can happen to anybody, right? Anybody. Sorry, guys. This is hard. Wake up. Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. So there's always a remnant. Always a remnant. God's people are everywhere. Elijah was like, ah, everybody, it's just me. You ever feel like, it's just me. Pretty much I'm the only righteous one. I'm the only one on fire for God. It's not. You're not the only person. His people are everywhere. If you ask God to open your eyes and bump into people, we've been bumping into people all over the place, praying with people. And the funny thing is, it's like this here. When you think you're the only one, you're not. We've been bumping into these people on these jobs, man. And now, the more you bump into, the more you want to bump into. I'd like to see somebody get saved on a job. It's been a while. But just encouraging the, breather, the, the breathers. Encourage them while they're still breathing. We got prayed for the other day. Somebody prayed for us. We'd already been there the first time. Then something got screwed up, and we wasn't us. Then we went back, we drove back, and the guy goes, hey, I'd like to pray for you guys. Well, shoot, nobody ever prays for us. Yeah, but I was thinking, the brown bag, it changes world, he changes the world with the seeds that we sow. What if that guy's out there praying for all kinds of people all over the place because he saw us doing it for him the first time? <coughs> see what I'm saying? Ooh. <coughs> you see what I'm saying? He can change the world with the little bitty things that we do. Just the little bitty things. If we would only wake up, that is. You can't do that while you're sleeping. You can't do that while you're throwing a pity party. You can't do that. In fact, it's almost dead. That sucks. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Wow. Two things. Jesus is now saying, he's my God, and you've offended him. Now I'm upset because you've offended my God. That's how I read that. I remember when our kids were little. I remember looking out the window one time. Amanda Connor and Erica were out in the front yard, and I heard a big ruckus. You know what a ruckus is? Any parents know exactly what a ruckus is. I'm looking out there, I go. What is going on? I see Connor just going like a merry-go-round in a circle. I was like, oh, look at Amanda, she's got him, and she had him by the hood, just flinging him around like. I was like, oh, oh, this is great. And then I had to be an adult, and I go out and bust it up. But it was funny, you see, when they were little. Now when they got older, it wasn't quite as funny. I remember Connor coming in, and he hit his sister just for life. Everybody in here's got a sister. You've been hit. Everybody's getting a brother. You've been bit, scratched, clawed, spit on. Who knows what's happened? But I told him, I said, "Hey, I'd like to see you in your room." He said you're such a tough guy. Report to the bedroom. And you see, I learned from Job when Connor got in trouble. I'd said him, "I want your back like a board. Don't be slouchy when I'm talking to you, boy." And he did it. We haven't now. We have a great respect for you. It's wonderful. Because you trained them up in the admonition of the Lord when they go, they will not depart, right? But I remember going, you've entered into a new realm, you see. You punched your sister, but you struck my daughter. Now you're in a whole different area. I said, you disrespected your mother, but now you've disrespected my wife. You see, it's a whole different thing. Now you've gone to another level. I think that's what Jesus is saying here. Wake up. You've offended my God with your complacency and your indifference and your um, all these things. We're called to be the salt and the light. When the salt loses its salt, it's no good for anything except to be trampled over, right? This church here, and they've done excavations. It wasn't so much that... um, they had become cool with other things. Hey, slap a Roman thing right on the uh, right on the pulpit. So they've excavated churches, and you would see, yeah, they, was, they, were, they were Christians, but they were allowing things, and they were okay with it. You know, I think the new word is coexist. And you could talk about God. You could talk about uh, all of these things. But when you start saying to people that Jesus is the only way, there is no other way. This, there's no equal in Islam, or uh, Hindus, or Jesus is set apart. We as Christians need to be set apart. We're different. We don't respond the same way. We don't look at things the same way. We're a peculiar people, the Bible says. And there are a lot of peculiar people in here, I'll tell you why. Wake up. Romans 13 said, salvation is nearer than when you first believed. It's time to wake up. Come out of your slumber. And I guarantee you right now, there's some hearts right in here right now. I'm going to tell you one thing. <laughs> okay, don't take it up with me. Take it up with him. He's the one that said it. We're just his little errand boy. That's us. Just his little errand boy. So if you got a problem and you're sleeping, he's giving it away. He's like, oh, okay, well, I just wake up, okay? And we'll do it together. It's not like leaving you all out by yourself. He showed you the way. You're more than an overcomer. You, okay? You don't meet the requirements Turn me a dog. Turn your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 2. Okay, good. That was it. You don't meet the requirements. What does that even mean? I think it kind of means, kind of driving to the heart. You just quit. You just stopped. You, you just you left your post. Chapter one, verse five. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. A lot of the people in your church, I've seen you respond to the promise of internal life through Christ. Amen. It's great. Support your faith with a general provision of moral excellence. A lot of you had some peculiar language when I met you, or others that met you, and it's improved. A lot of you were doing naughty things; that's improved. So your moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge, and you're coming to Bible studies and all these things, and knowledge with self-control. You're learning to control yourself. That's great news. But what if he's saying, "I don't find your efforts your complete because patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love for everyone, even people you don't like." What if you've kind of sat down, quit, taken a break, got fed up with it, felt you were wrong? felt you were slighted felt you were talked about. You might have been talked about. I know I have been. But we don't quit just because of that. You keep going in spite of that. You keep going. Jesus is saying, you guys just kind of quit. Things started coming together for you. Everything was going good, and you just quit. You stopped. There's a word for that. Sucks. Stupid. Big C word. Cancer's nothing compared to complacency. He gives you the roadmap back. First of all, he says, Wake up. How about this? Ask God to wake you up. Some of you are sleeping in this room right now. You're not hearing this. Your body is here. You're like that oak tree. You're here, but you're not here to think. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's holding you up. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's Barry. Maybe it's somebody in this church. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your mother. Maybe it's your uncle. Whatever the excuse is, maybe it's pride. Attack the pride. Repent, because you'd be in a good list with oh, all these people in here that have been to the same place you have been. Just repent. Wake up. Ask God to wake you up. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. And I love the analogy Barry gave last week of holding on to the football because you have to go back. You guys remember when you got saved? We talked about it even in the first church. Remember your first love? It's, it's, it's along those lines. Remember how happy you were? Oh, I, I've been forgiven that. And you didn't know anything. I remember not knowing John the Baptist from Abraham. Nothing. But I knew I was saved because the preacher told me I was, and I read in the Bible, and I trusted him who told me and showed me in the Bible that all of sin falls short of the glory of God, but if you call on the name of Jesus, you'll be saved. It's grace you've been saved. It's not of your side. I knew that, right? So I knew the basics. But I remember those days going, I get that, too. <laughs> Zero count. Nothing. It was like a perma-smile. Like Barry said, it was like Superman. Dude, we're invincible. And then the crash came three months later, but that's pretty normal. But well, we weren't less saved, and we weren't saved or when we were, right? You're either saved or you're not. If you're saved, you'll come back. If you're not saved, and then here, how about this? If you are what you were. Yes, yeah, that's Richard Coss. That's very good. He probably stole somebody, too. Repent and turn to me again. Let me back up just a little bit. What you heard and believed at first, hold to it firmly, like that football. Remember the football? Hold to it. These people just kind of forgot, and did just kind of like. And I'm a grace preacher. Who's a big fan of grace? Should I go on saying so? Grace should abound. By no means. Why would you do that? That's just dumb. But I'm a grace preacher. When I'm not relying on greasy grace or sloppy agape, right? My faith is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified. Right? That's it. I don't place any faith in me. I've seen what I can do. There have been numerous train wrecks in my life, from little Amtrak's to the big ones. But through it all, even when I wasn't faithful, God was because I'm part of the elect how can i go there but paul speaking to the elect in many of his letters if you don't wake up watch this i will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief i don't believe that he's talking about coming back coming back back i think he's talking about judgment Give you a little history on Sardis. It was a really cool deal. As I was kind of reading a little bit about Sardis, um, it was a fortified city. You see, and it was built on a, on a walls uh, like a citadel over three walls, and they were like smooth, fifteen hundred feet up in the air. It was impregnable, impenetrable. You're not getting to it. So people became complacent, going, "That ain't happening. Nothing can get through here." Until King Cyrus. You guys ever watch a cat hunt? Isn't it cool? Had his cat. His cat kill anything. I loved it. It it it, it throw things. It it pertains. No squirrel. It would throw stuff up into the air and and bat it. That was the darkest thing. I could get hours of entertainment. But I liked really watching him when he was on the hunt. You see, cats. They'll sit and their ears get pinned back, and they'll—I—I—I I, I I, I know him when he saw a vole or a mole. Like, oh, there! It was a girl. I think the girls are better hunters. And see this mole? I was like, oh God, watch this! I'm looking through the window. See the ears pinned back? It's like, dude, it wouldn't move. It wouldn't move. It wouldn't move until it found the weakness. It would watch and it would wait for the slide. And bam! It'd be over just like that, right? So here this. The Sardis. It's cool, dude. Well, unbeknownst to them, Cyrus was taking over the whole world, see? And uh, he sent some spies to watch out. Because I'm taking that city. You're right. Right. Well, a fella comes out and he drops his helmet. He was on the wall, dropped his helmet down. And you see, Cyrus's guys were watching him. Probably ears pinned back and he went down through a hidden cave and retrieved his helmet. Of course, the fellows reported back to King Cyrus. King Cyrus says, oh, that's great. Here's what we'll do. We'll create a ruckus on the other side, one of the other walls, and now everybody go there, and what do you know? He sits in special office right up through the hole, went in, and he took the city that way. Remember a couple weeks ago when I said, hey, fellas, guard your... Weaknesses and put four guards on your strengths, because when you're uh, thinking you got it all together or no, I'm impregnable, uh, that's called complacency. That's what they're doing. We have to always be on guard, not not like a paranoid. What <laughs> <laughs> gonna do? It's more like we wake up, we pray. We read the word. We do our spiritual disciplines. We do the deed. We do this thing, whether we want to or not. You go to the gym. Who goes to the gym? Well, not this church, but there are some churches I've seen around that go to the gym, you know. Anybody go to the gym? <laughs> Did you wait for me? wave. There are people that go to the gym religiously. They're there every day. Do you expect that they come out of there after the first workout thinking they're going to look like I was going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he's 76 now, so I really can't say him. Somebody like that with muscles? Do you think that, or do you think that this is what I do? This is what I do. This is what I do. I want to get healthy. I want to, and they just keep doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, right? That's why we do our groups. Bible studies, mentorship, reading the word, praying, fasting, all the things that we do. We we do that because we want to be on guard when it's your turn, because your turn is coming. If it has not come, your day of temptation will come. It's going to come. You have an enemy that prowls around like a lion. He's not the lion. There's only one lion, and he comes from Judah. He's the lion, right? We should always be on guard, guys, without being scaredy cats. We're more than conquerors. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, but how can you have strength if you're not remaining in him? You can fool me. You can fool half the people in the congregation. You cannot fool him. He says, I know. And it's time for you to wake up. It's time. And trust me, when we do these messages, don't think for a second we're not preaching to us first. We've seen the damage it can do when you're complacent. I know personally, firsthand experience. Okay? Is that fair? Everybody all right? Okay. Get some strange looks like, man. I, need, I hope. We don't leave here, just another Saturday in the books. Well, let's go back and do what we do. I hope that through these messages, the brown bags, the Wednesday groups, all that we do, I, I pray in Jesus' name you guys are getting closer to Jesus because we believe he's getting closer to coming and getting us. We really believe that. They believed it in the first century. They were on fire. for. Who wants to be on fire for Jesus? Do you want to be on fire for the Lord? Do you want to be? Yes, we want to be. Do you believe that it's a grace? Given to you to be on fire of the Lord? You believe I had this picture in my mind. Remember the deals you would drive? The thing, and you would get a little point, and you get extended play? What if grace works like that? What if you gotta start small? Let's like just be faithful with the little things. And then you get some more greater things. What if Jesus said, I don't really want much out of you other than you just to repent? Stop being bitter, stop being jealous, stop being stop hating on your brother or sister, stop hating this, stop hating that. Stop lying. Stop having guile. You know what guile is? Remember when Jesus said to Nathaniel, here comes a true Israelite, right? in him there's no guile. You know what that is? There's a naughty word I could say of what it is, but I'm not going to say it. Guile is when I'm talking to you, you know what I'm saying. You're not talking off frequency, giving me a mixed message of something you want me to. That's part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what are you really saying? You got something to say? Say it. See what I'm saying? It's Or, or uh, a twisted truth. Or it's truth, but just a little bit of a lie, which makes it lie or like you say you would say something like uh, you guys get the point but I need another illustration because we we want to be close to Jesus so we got to get rid of the guile Just say what's on your mind Easy. Yes, there are some in the church, in Sardis, who have not soiled their clothes with evil. We're the Bride of Christ. I'm going to use it again because I thought it was a great illustration. If you're going into work on the Mark 4, way Mark 4 or Mark 2? 2? 2? 4? It's a long car. It's going to be great. Who cares? It's a tool for Jesus. It's not the car that's important. It's a car as the means to get into the car shows to minister to the the gospel. That's the point. Okay. But if we're going to work on the car on Tuesday, would I show up in a white suit? I wouldn't want to get stuff on it. I don't want to be soiled by things of, no, I want grease and all that stuff on it. If you see yourself as the bride of Christ, you're going to want to keep yourself from being soiled. I don't want to brush up anything. I don't want to. Do the things. I want to be separate and called out. That's what he's saying. I don't want that stuff in my life. I don't want all that stuff that I did. That was a really a big part of our life. That's why we had such a big problem because I told Lynn, now that sex, drugs, and rock and roll is out of our life, now what do we do? Because it was 95% of what we did. <laughs> 30 years ago, thank you, Jesus. It's been a, a work. He's out of work. Has he not? But you started small. It didn't happen overnight. So when you're mentoring somebody, here you go. When you're mentoring somebody, meet them where they're at in the shallow end. Don't take them up. Well, i tell you what. There's a high dive. Good luck to you. Be patient with them. Remember how patient God was with you. He was definitely patient with me. Still is. I got a long way to go. You think in my to you should see me six days ago. Paul to go from glory to glory, right? I do think this. I do think that I need new earpiece. Giovanni, you're going to have to help me. My ears are either shrinking, which I don't think is supposed to happen when you get older. I do think when you're walking with the Lord, you're making him your all in all, or at least that's your goal. Do you believe there's anybody here that loves the Lord with all your might, all your heart, and all your soul, every fiber of your being? Do you think you could do that? Guess who did it for you? Jesus did it for you. He did it for you because he knew that you couldn't do it. Isn't it wonderful? That's why we're worshiping. That's why we want to follow him. That's why we want to get to know him because he did it all for us. However, I do think when you're walking with him, and that's the goal of your life, Lord you know me, man. Of course, I know. And that's what I want. I know. I'm going to fall short. I know. But when you're walking with, I think there's also a level of protection that you get as a bonus. In fact, aren't all angels ministering spirits meant to assist those who inherit salvation? There are angels looking out for you. And I think even on your health. I think there's a protection that believers have that are walking with the Lord that unbelievers don't have. I don't think that's, I think that's true. Isn't it great? In fact, the Corinthians church, they, taking, they found some people taking communion unworthy and some had even died. That's a broad application there. So believers, please, let's wake up. Maybe nobody in this church is sleeping. Maybe somebody in your family is. But let's keep ourselves from getting soiled by the world. Because we're in the world, we're not of it. We don't do things like the world does, right? Majnik, it's kingdom upside down. We do things different. They will walk with thee in white, for they are worthy. In Rome, they had this thing where they'd have these big, long processions, and people of high prestige would have white robes. There's coming a day in heaven. I watched the Stanley Cup parade last night. Quite frankly, I think hockey is probably Jesus' favorite sport. He would have definitely won the Lady B. No question. Very gentleman. But I watched this parade, and I watched all the people cheering for our team. Oh, they're awesome. Look at our heroes. That parade is nothing compared to the parade when we get home and we have the ticker tape tape. When we're walking in white robes following our king, that's a party. That little thing that we saw, the Stanley Cup, the Rams we were down, there was an amazing thing. Everybody running up, high and their heroes. They're just playing a game, making millions of bucks. Jesus died for us. He died for you. He is worthy. He's coming back. And those that aren't sleeping when he gets here. And I will say this. I loved your uh, thing last week, Tim. It was last week to come on, man, about the ten virgins. There are people in this church right now that your lamps are low. You got no oil in it. You haven't been doing it. You look like the oaks. You're not fooling him. Repent. Actually, wake up. Ask him to wake you up. Wake up. Repent. Get on with it. Let it all go, all your hurts, all your stuff. Let it go, because it's all junk. It's just junk, and it's meant to trip you up. You want the white robes? All who are victorious will be clothed in white. Again, there wouldn't be so reminders, in the, so many reminders in the New Testament about not quitting and staying the course. And even in John 66, 666, I think it's funny, John 666, that's kind of curious. They said they left us because they're never part of us. We don't want to quit. we got to go all the way to the end. It's going to get tough. It's going to, But if we stick together, it's kind of fun, isn't it? Are we the only ones having fun? You guys got to get a different church. <laughs> I thought we were doing better, Barry. We're having fun. Are you being challenged from time to time? You're not hearing itchy stuff, are you? Itching your ears. You know that coming to Jesus you might actually go broke. <laughs> right? Could happen. But you still be rich. Right? I will never, I will never erase their names from the book of life. Watch this. But I will announce them before my father and his angels that they are mine. All your mess, all your little idiosyncrasies, all your problems, all your junk, all the things that he knows that you're not perfect because you're not. But when you're seeking his face, he said, they're mine. They're mine. Is that great? This is great. This is a great time for an amen. Okay, It's a great time. We got more amens out of some basset hounds the other day. We were talking to this customer about Jesus and the basset hounds are going, I was like, oh my God, they're giving me amens. It's more than the church gives. And by the way, you're not giving us amens. You're giving amens to the glory of God. Right? He's the one that's worthy. In a church like this we don't have to know because we you know, we rub elbows together. We do things together. You know, a lot of times when you're in a big church, the pastor rolls off the stage. I never understood that. And now I kind of do. It's kind of get to the car. They rush them out. <laughs> but here, you guys know us. What you see is what you get. We're the same person on our jobs, in our homes, most of the time. Still working on that, amen. I'm trying. Still got some guile. Still got pride issues. Still got a lot of issues. But I got Jesus in my crosshairs. Jesus crosshairs not because i want to get the white robe i don't i just want jesus i just want more jesus and when you get more jesus you'll get all that stuff seek your first kingdom and his righteousness and he will throw all the other stuff that's all just give me jesus right and i think that's where this church got it wrong anyone who ears anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches i started thinking too as we close. So God gave this uh, message to John on the island of Patmos. How is he getting the messages off the island if he's in isolation? Well, some would say that, you know, ships were coming and going. Hey, take this to Peter. Or Peter's gone by this one. Take this to Timothy or whatever. But we know through history that, John eventually got off Patmos and probably died in Ephesus. Isn't that interesting? I don't know if I've never um, studied that, never thought about it. I just, uh, did, did you guys know that? Did you ever think about how in the world would you get that off? If you're in isolation on Patmos, how did you get that letter to the church that we've been talking about for the last four or five weeks? Just in case you didn't know, I just never thought about it. Now you kind of know. It was worth coming, wasn't it? you guys feel like you're less sleepy now? Feel like you're woken up? Do you feel closer to Jesus? That's the point. We're one step closer to meeting him. We're doing it together. People have come. People have gone. but We're still together. We're still a family. We're still moving on with it. We're still making allowances for each other's faults. Are we not? We're letting stuff go. We're getting up and getting back into the race. Yes, right? That's what we're doing. Father, I to thank you for tonight. Lord, I pray that you would keep us awake. Lord, I think so many trips we've taken that, um, driving trips, we've almost fallen asleep. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name you would help us to remain awake until you're coming. That way we won't be ashamed when you actually arrive. In Jesus' name, amen. One more side note, and I'm going to let you guys go. I meant to mention this dog on it. We were coming home from Colorado.
1: I can't hear you. Oh, dang it.
0: We were on a long ride from Colorado, 24 hours. Uh, 28 hours on the road, and the things that we did to stay awake were amazing. We came up with all kind of creative ideas: get out, run around the car 10 times, switch. So whatever it takes for you to stay awake, do it. Get creative. How about that? Okay. But before you leave, this video here, I'm telling you, blew my mind, and it speaks to a dog on it. I need that thing. Yeah, Lynn. Go, go, go. I need that thing because this is a great video. Because it speaks to, God always makes a way. There's a remnant, always. Can you hit it, boys? Thank you.
1: We are often captivated by the broad strokes of nature. Sprawling landscapes bursting with color, texture, and movement. But sometimes the greatest displays of creative brilliance are discovered in the artwork's smallest details. Hidden masterpieces like this weathered cone on the limb of a knobcone pine. These remarkable vessels are unique. For unlike other species of conifers that release their seeds within a year of ripening, the knob cone, sealed tightly by resin, can store and protect its precious contents for decades. Each cone is an impenetrable fortress, strong enough to withstand the blows of a hammer, and a forest of seed-hungry predators. In all of nature, only one force can break their vice-like grip. Has passed and the air cools, the charred cones open fully. Then they release their seeds and the promise of a new generation. Think about it small packages of life engineered to be airlifted throughout a devastated forest. Released from cones, designed to open only when exposed to the heat of their greatest threat. It is an extraordinary cycle of regeneration, logical, ingenious, and a true wonder of life on Earth.